0: Hello and welcome to Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And today we're going to talk about kind of uh, your
1: identity. And we're going to give you 10 questions to answer that will help you intentionally choose the foundations
0: and source of your identity. Yes. Maybe is that what, would that be the way you word that? Yeah. So not just like what your identity is, but what you want it to be, and how to actually pursue that. And yeah, yeah I think I think it's a helpful helpful tool.
1: Yeah. So today the episode could be called "Who Are You, Man?" <laughs> because you're going to be able to uh, ask yourself that in the middle of the in the middle of a scenario,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a crisis, a crisis, and you're going to say, "Well, who am I?" And then you're going to answer these questions. You're going to go, that's who I am. I'm choosing that guy. I like it. I think it's going to help you a lot. So we stick around. You're going to like it. And I, and it's a money-back guarantee.
0: <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> uh, first, before that, it is story or joke time. And you are up this time, this week. I'm up. You know, I had a listener say, how come you don't tell any jokes? Because
1: uh, you guys are always telling stories. But um, jokes last a second, and they don't seem, I don't know. And, and we got,
0: and and I, I like my stories. If you haven't noticed, we're not that funny. That's true. <laughs> so I mean, you got to lean into your strengths.
1: Yeah. So this is a very short story. So I'll just give you a, a short story and remember the time. Okay. You remember the time, You could do
0: a joke and a short story.
1: You remember the time your mom made these Hawaiian rolls with Swiss cheese and ham in there, and then this kind of they you cover the tops of them in butter and Worcestershire sauce and all those seasonings. And then you bake them and garlic and you bake them for 10 minutes and then half an hour. Actually. Holy cow. It was insane. That was about an hour ago. Yeah. John and I, (laughs) just before we recorded this episode, ate these delicious, I just call them Hawaiian sliders. I don't know what
0: they actually are. It's a good, good name for them. Holy cow. They're good. Ham and Swiss Hawaiian sliders. Yeah. They were delish.
1: Anyway, that's not my story, but I thought I would just brag on my wife there for a second and bask again in the glory of that meal. She nailed it. She did. So my story is uh just really uh when when we were kids i have uh I have siblings I have a brother three years older, a sister two years older myself, and then my little sister who is two years younger than me mm-hmm. and um, my mother got married at fifteen had a kid at 16, seventeen, 19 and 21-huh so she's 21 years old with four kids that's kind of a side note. And so
0: it's, it's frankly, incredible. It is. It's insane to think about. Yeah, it is. I can't imagine when you had kids, and you're, like, (laughs) at that age, she had four kids. That's crazy. That's nuts.
1: So, anyway, my sister, my little sister and I were running buddies because Mm -hmm. my brother's three years older than me. He didn't want anything to do with me. And Judy was two years older and off doing her thing. So Janice and I were buddies. We played tackle football in the front yard. We we did lots of stuff together. And one of the things we did when we were little is we played Sea Hunt. Sea Hunt. Sea Hunt. Now, you uh, you uh, love the actor who's in uh, True Grit, uh, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Uh, his dad is Lloyd Bridges.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Lloyd Bridges was the actor in a TV show called Sea Hunt. S-E-A? S-E-A, Sea Hunt. And he is like a detective in the ocean. <laughs> For like murderous fish or something. Yeah, well, murder things, crimes that happen on the water. Gotcha. And he's like the Columbo of the seas. You remember Columbo? I've heard of Columbo. Okay. I've never okay. seen him. Great detective. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we would play Sea Hunt. We would we would uh climb up on the top of our chain link fence that went around our yard, mm-hmm. and that was the edge of the boat. And we're hanging our feet all over the boat. We would talk about the crime. We would talk about <laughs> what we got to investigate. And we actually had underwater masks. We would put those over our eyes and nose, jump off the fence, and swim all over the yard,
0: solving crimes. That's pretty freaking adorable. <laughs> I tell you, it's unfortunate that this is what I get out of it. What I get out of it is uh, they don't make them like they used to. That's true. Ocean Detective. Yeah, pretty cool. I'm being facetious. I don't know if I'd watch that show. I feel like they took two things out of a hat. They're like, what do we do a show about? Uh, and they pulled two pieces of paper out. One says ocean, one says detective. And they're like, Aha. sea hunt <laughs> starring Lloyd Bridges.
1: Yeah. Sometimes they would uh, find treasures. They would, But they would find uh, evidence that was under seas, under the water, whatever. Uh, and always there was bad guys who should have underwater fights. Yeah. It was pretty cool.
0: I didn't know you and your younger sister were so close. It's kind of like. Me and Bethany were that same two years. It's apart. exactly right. Yeah, but th- that was more like what me and Jaden would get up to. She's significantly younger, but we'd play games like that, kind of. Oh, running around with the Red Rider BB gun. There you go, shooting at trees, pretending they were stuff. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's because I'm immature like that. <laughs> so, uh, an eight year younger uh, de facto sibling. Was, yeah, people might
1: not know this about you, John, but you are Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. Did you ever read the Calvin and yeah, Hobbes I comics? Don't, yeah, his imag- he just lived in this world. With this stuffed tiger, who he talked to, who became real in the comics, uh-huh. and he's just a stuffed tiger, but
0: his whole he has this whole world he lives in that nobody can see. I love Calvin Knobs. He's way more rebellious than I ever was. He's kind of a punk. And yeah, I, that, that, I, I yeah. Like you to were. Think I yeah, wasn't a you punk. were not. No, you were not like that.
1: But I would look over at you. We would be sitting in a waiting room somewhere, or uh, in the living room, sitting at the church, whatever, mm-hmm. and. Your eyes would be darting around the room and you start making noises and I'd say where are you at man? <laughs> <laughs> and you would describe this this thing you were imagining
0: and all the action that was going on around you. You make me sound like Rain Man or like Goodwill Hunting or something. It's like that one like I walk up to some complicated equation and write some mysterious markings like he solved it. Yeah, uh, you weren't like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be actually useful. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Let's dive into our topic. So uh, I want to read a proverb. This is uh, from Proverbs chapter four. And actually, um, when this podcast comes out yesterday, I used a portion of this passage in our church gathering. Mm -hmm. But listen to this. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. And here's the thing. They do not know what makes them stumble. Mm. So I was thinking about this; uh, these questions they're going to help you have an identity you actually
0: want. Yeah, we've talked a lot about this kind of the having a diagnostic tool because otherwise you don't that exact thing. You don't know why you do what you do. You right. don't know what's causing these things, these patterns that you have. Yeah, and it's impossible to find your way out.
1: So what you want to do is you want to be mindful of what's actually going on inside of you pay attention to how you're feeling thinking and what choices you're making Mm -hmm. Uh, and the beliefs you have because I think that your actions stem from your deep beliefs and so we're going to give you 10 questions that'll help you choose your beliefs about your own identity but here the passage continues my son pay attention to what I say turn your ear to my words do not let them out of your sight keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body and here's the kicker verse Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. another way that that verse is, and that's uh, Proverbs 4.23. Mm-hmm. Another way that verse is said in other versions is, uh, above all else, guard your heart for for uh, for all that you are flows from it. Interesting. So,
0: or as a man thinks in his heart, so oh, he, he is. is. Yeah, I've heard that one. Well, so, I've heard that up uh, the first one, too. In uh, youth camps and stuff It was always referred to It was always referenced In dating culture Which I realize is pretty silly But it was If you ever like Started a romance People say you know Guard your heart Oh yeah Yeah Kind of dumb But that's a a great proverb How's your heart How's your heart (laughs) (laughs) But that proverb's awesome (laughs) It's a surprise that I don't know if that's where that came from But the wordage is the same
1: Yeah Okay, so are we ready? We're going to walk through uh,
0: ten questions. Ten questions.
1: These are these are Jim White originals. We'll do five each, and they um, they're going to go. Some of them will go lightning fast, and some of them will take just a few minutes. Yeah, you uh, uh, kick us off, would you? Okay, I will. Uh, Question number one is: Am I a consumer or am I a
0: producer? Mm -hmm. When you hear that question, what do you what do you think about? Uh, And this could go a couple ways. For me, first thing I go to is consuming um products and media so kind of Mm -hmm. you know as we're a consumerist society Mm -hmm. consumerism is what is the reason we have you know houses and and all kinds of things It, it, it keeps our economy afloat but it's also kind of a dangerous mindset it's the it's the stuff mentality it's you know uh and then with with media a guy like me who has like creative aspirations i spend exponentially more time consuming media than i do creating something that i would be That I would want to create. Proud of or useful or... I would say, you know... Even artistic. 99% of my time in that arena is consuming instead of of creating. And
1: that's where my mind goes with the whole question is, am I a person who takes everything that people do and life offers and I consume it and I'm just waiting for them to produce more because I'm just going to consume, consume, Mm consume? Or am I a person who adds value to the world and to the people around me and I'm actually producing? Am I more... um, in my casual thought life, am I daydreaming more about the next thing I can consume? Right. Or am I daydreaming about the next thing I could produce?
0: Yeah, and even uh, mentality as far as the church especially. You know, being a, in a consumer culture, we have a consumer culture church for right. a lot of the country. So, right. you know, are you in the those pews looking for the next thing to, to set you off so you can go find a different church with better coffee and, yeah. and better other stuff? Are you looking, how can I... Contribute to this body, this church body. I was having a classic conversation with my older brother. We were adult
1: grown men. And he had kind of uh, distanced himself from church engagement. Mm. And I said, how come you don't go to church? He said, I don't need it. i do great without it. I said, mm. well, I don't think that's why you go. <laughs> um, perhaps they need you. Yeah, There's somebody there who could really benefit from your presence, from your friendship, from a relationship with you. But now they don't get it. And that's the consumer versus producer kind of. Right. That's the I'm
0: full. Thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Question number two. Okay. Uh, question number two. Uh, and if I stumble, this is your handwriting. Just as, you know, mm-hmm. listeners give it me some is. grace. Uh, am I a giver or a taker? Man. And um, this
1: one, um, this is probably a classic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you probably heard this one before, right? Yeah. And, um, and that is by nature. We tend to be one or the other. Do you, Would you agree with that?
0: Well, I mean, macro by nature, I think we're all takers. Well, as a species, we're takers. Mm. We take to survive. We take from each other. It just kind of is what it is. I would say micro level, that you, you, you see a, a bigger disparity. You see people who aren't just naturally uh, generous. I, and it's funny, uh, one of my siblings, you know who you are, but I won't say, is very <laughs> generous with money and very stingy with time. It's a very interesting thing. That's interesting. Um, and, and with acts of service, she would, when we were growing up, she would make lunch for us all the time. Uh, no problem. She'd make us food. And uh, and then later, she'd buy me things. It wouldn't be a problem. But time is very, very important to this person.
1: That's really and interesting, because I'm struggling to know which sibling you're talking about. You said she, well, so I know it's not your brother.
0: Well, that's, yeah, three to three to one.
1: Yeah, but I, but I honestly don't know who you're talking about. But it, it's an interesting concept that I would be generous with money and uh, and and words and mm-hmm. encouragement but not with time so this is a great point about these questions overall we're, we're asking what's your natural bent but the point of the question is hey why don't you choose on purpose right exactly everybody ends up somewhere very few people end up somewhere on purpose so the point of the questions is for you to evaluate and go hey this is what i am but is that who i want to be right and, and how do i be who i want to be and while you say, you know, that we're all takers, I think that when you have, you've had relationships with people who were predominantly
0: takers yeah, for and sure. relationships with people who are predominantly givers. And I probably went in the weeds a little there. I just meant as a species, you know, we, we we're all selfish. To live. Every, every, yeah. That's all anybody does. And we, and we produce to consume. So we do produce, we do g- right. uh, give, but it's, and that's neither here nor there on a personal level, which is what we're, what this is what yeah. we're talking about. I think you're right.
1: Well, and and the point of this is when you hit a scenario and somebody is becoming labor intensive for you. Mm-hmm. Um or uh here's a here's a this was a big aha for me. Um when people uh what do people I ask I ask leaders this a lot. What is it people want from you? Hmm. And they will all say my time. Because that's what people ask for. Right. Hey, can you come hang out with me? Can you do this with me? And I go they don't want your time. They want your energy. Mm-hmm. The reason they want to spend time with you is because what you bring when you come. And so if you're a bringer, you know, then people want to be with you. Right. And if you're a taker, nobody's ringing your phone. And so uh, what do you want to be? You want to be someone who actually brings it. And this helped me because if you don't have the energy to bring, then then you're not bringing what people wanted to spend time with you for. Yeah. And so one of the things I do very intentionally is, before I walk into any room where I'm supposed to, you know, I was invited to be there or I need to be there. I pause. What is it I'm supposed to bring to this? Interesting. And I want to bring it. Yeah. And, um, and be the giver in there and sure. I can
0: take later. Uh, but giving itself is very rewarding. And I mean, a big, like, that's interesting. Cause I was going to say most of these, a lot of these break down to how do I spend my time? That's such a big part of your identity. right? Uh, But this one is very much like you said. It's not just about where that time goes allocation-wise. It's what you're actually doing. Right, right. That's true. All right. Question number three. Am I personally responsible or a victim? Hmm. This one, and again, this is another one exception to the... Going through these at first, I was like, I bet you all 10 of these are are time-based. But this is more... um, this is more the framework for exactly. the scenario that I'm in. How you understand the the events in your life, even yeah. Walk walk me through this one a little bit. Well, and and
1: the truth is, you to to live a healthy life, you're going to be both. Mm. Um, it is going to be true that someone betrayed you. It's going to be true that someone let you down. It's going to be true that you didn't get what you were owed. It's going to be true that uh, your expectations went unmet, uh, right or wrong. But it will always be true that what you do with that, I I've say. Life is it. Life is 5% what happens to you and 95% what you do in response. Mm -hmm. And so it's that response. That's a personal responsibility response. Way less important than what happened to me is what am I going to do next? For sure. (laughs) And that's taking responsibility for your outcomes. You cannot blame your way to mental health. You cannot blame your way to peace. Mm -hmm. You have to work your way there. You have to take responsibility for your emotions your thoughts, your words, and if you play the victim card, if you stay stuck there, and man, I've met so many people who just are stuck in that victim chair. They never got a fair break. Nobody loves me. People just walk on me. Mm -hmm. And if that's your identity, that you're a victim, and here's the thing, even when I do get betrayed and get hurt, I ask myself, am I a victim or am I personally responsible? And at that moment, the answer is yes, you're both. But I move as fast as I can to personal responsibility
0: well, because what the truth is like the the victim thing is whose fault is this this isn't my fault right and that's not wrong right that's legitimate that's a legitimate thing but the but what you're what you the the question is what do you want and if what you want mm-hmm. is healing or progress or you know uh, any number of things the the whose fault is it doesn't matter anymore
1: right and I realize too that this is about control mm. If I'm a victim, then I'm powerless. Right. Then it's not your fault. Everybody, whatever happened to me has power over me. Right. And the person who did it has power over me. But when I take personal responsibility, I also take control. Yeah. And control is calming. Control gives, uh, I don't know, it gives empowerment.
0: Yeah. I love that one. Uh, Okay. So number four, I believe, Uh, am I a free man or a slave? Mm.
1: This is a big one it's a big one and uh, what do you think of when you hear that when you hear that question am i free
0: am i a free person or a slave uh obviously i mean i go again to our country's heritage with slavery mm. you know the the free man and slave right um uh you know the emancipation proclamation but how does that help politically um well again for some reason i all i'm always political with this with this kind of imagery so like liberty we talked a ton about liberty in the past couple of months yeah do i have uh, liberty to do what I please, um, unmolested by the government <laughs> in mm-hmm. the political sense, or right. or uh, by, you know, what responsibilities do I have where I don't have freedom there, or am I slave to certain things? And then spiritually, obviously, the rhetoric there is is clear. Yeah, uh,
1: that's really interesting that that you went to the governance and. Well, I think it was because free man, side.
0: free man, makes me think of of uh, emancipated yeah. slaves. For
1: me, this is a hundred percent about uh, bitterness, temptation. Um, Am I a slave to my emotions or am I free? Am I a slave to my resentment or am I free? Um, um, Jesus said, you are a slave to the one you obey. Right. And so um, in that regard, I want to be a slave of Christ. Um, But I want to be free from resentment, bitterness, uh, unforgiveness, uh, they say about unforgiveness, that is the only prison where the inmate is holding the key. Mm-hmm. And I have to choose freedom from my unforgiveness. So I, have, I have to choose that, not for the sake of letting the offender off the hook,
0: but for the sake of getting me out of prison. Letting yourself off the hook, yeah. yeah. And again, here, it's kind of, there's some mental um, fancy footwork you have to do because, again, the the reality of the whole situation is you're a slave to something. Right. Yeah, you got to serve somebody, Bob Dylan. Yeah. And obviously before him, Jesus,
1: you got to serve somebody. Yeah.
0: And, uh, we're born or we're, we're created that way. That's our, that's our purpose. And so there is no such thing as somebody who's not serving something. True. You're either, um, like you said, either a slave to Christ or you're a slave to money. But slavery to Christ translates into enormous freedom. Exactly. That's,
1: that's what it is to be
0: free in the yeah. first place. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But mainly what I'm, what, what's helpful to me is when I'm, when I feel powerless Mm. to be a slave is to be
0: powerless. Yeah. You don't have authority, power resources. You are a slave. Well, and again, I would say the reality is, yeah, your, your personal autonomy is very small and that freaks, that's freaky. But, but if you're a slave to Christ, to God, he has, he's sovereign over everything that
1: a man's search for meaning. uh, Mm -hmm. Victor Frankl. He was, uh, he was in a concentration camp, and he said they try to take your dignity, they take your clothes, uh-huh. they take the gold out of your fillings, they take any wedding rings. Their whole deal is to remove any sense of self that you have, anything unique about you. Yes, but he said they can't take away your freedom to choose. And he had to keep choosing that he was uh, that he was a real person, that uh, he had the power to choose, to believe, to think, and they could never take that from him. Man. And so it was the ultimate test. He had written about this concept, and he's a psychologist. And then he gets put in a concentration camp, and he, and wrote, he had to live it out. He had to live it out, and he wrote the the book "Man Search for Meaning" as his story of the concentration camp and how those things were
0: tested. That's crazy. The the mental strength there is insane. It really is. Okay, we'll do one more, and then we'll break for uh,
1: your book. Your book uh, pitch, yeah, and uh, and the commercial, yeah, sweet. So, am I? And this would be on the train of life, on <laughs> on on the on the on the cruise ship of life. Am I a passenger
0: or am I a crew member? I was going to say I think more of I think more of boats here than I do of trains. Yeah, although I probably would rather work on a that's train true. Than a boat. Yeah,
1: no, the, the boat is the better metaphor. Yeah, you know I've been on a cruise and I'm sitting by the pool about nine in the morning and this this guy comes over. <laughs> you want a doctor, man? I said, dude, it's nine in the morning. Oh, you're not here for a long time. You're here for a good time, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it is to be a passenger. Yeah. Hey, I'm on this boat for a good time. I'm on this boat. Uh, For myself, I'm on vacation. Uh, This is my life's about me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to get all I can. I'm going to can all I get. And I'm going to sit on that can (laughs) because it's all about me. Or am I a crew member whose objective is to serve others
0: so that they can have a great cruise? Yeah. And this is kind of um, a great metaphor for the concepts we've been talking about already. Is this, you know, is this about? Well, I don't, that church, I don't need that church for my own personal fulfillment or right. is this, what am I doing there? And, and especially cause I've been in those situations, you know, at a wedding, you're at a, a friend's wedding and, uh, and the bride and groom have left and winding down and they start folding chairs and rolling yep. tables. Do you start folding, treasure rolling tables? Do you say, I'm a guest at this wedding, man? Uh, Yeah, I'm a guest. I'm out. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I didn't come here to work. Right, exactly. I'm in my tie and, yeah. So that's That's a a great example. Uh huh. And it's just, it's everyday kind of stuff like that. Uh That this, that this really, when you talk about identity, yeah, you know,
1: that's a great example. When we have membership classes at the church, that, you know, we metaphorically ask, what is expected of me as a member? Mm -hmm. And my answer is, we expect you to go from being a passenger on the love boat to being a crew member. Right. Instead of coming to church going, how come the coffee's not hot at the mill? <laughs> or well, how come my, there's a typo in the handout? Or, um, you know, whatever. Instead of uh, identifying problems and criticizing problems and being having your needs met, you
0: come there on a mission to help everybody else have a great time. Yeah, that's huge. And that's a big, you know, that's, I guess you could call it Christianity 101. might be reductive. But that is the, the gospel, the servant Yes, Lord. You know, He wasn't here for a good time.
1: Yeah, He was here to serve. He did not come to be served, but to serve and give His life a ransom for many. And He stripped Himself down to the naked, put a towel around His waist, and washed the feet of the very one who sold Him for thirty pieces of silver. And this is the most supreme being who ever, yeah, touched the ground. It's jaw dropping, crazy, crazy. All right, John, give us a give us a book tip. Um um, my understanding, I think of the book, I forget which book you're going to talk about, but mm-hmm. I think
0: you haven't actually finished reading it yet. Is that right? I haven't yet. And I mean, a lot of these I won't have finished by the time I talk to them. I talked about underland last week or yeah. last time I did this mm-hmm. and I hadn't finished that one. Uh, and this much like me, I start a lot of books. I finish <laughs> almost all of them, which is remarkable if, 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 in my own understanding. Of myself. I would
1: say that is remarkable. Most people don't finish the books they start.
0: Well, and I try to start as few as possible, but sometimes I can't help myself. Uh, so this is, and again, this is our new kind of show and tell segment. is, mm-hmm. is a book. Uh, this is a book called Pachinko, P A C H uh, I N K O. It's Pachinko. If I, if I understand, it's a it's a Japanese gambling game. Uh, I was going to say, you know what it sounds like is that game
1: where you have these sticks and you put them through the bars, and there's a marble up there, and
0: it drops down the sticks. Yeah, and you try and bet. Is which that one it's is that it? On. I think that's Pachinko. Well, look at that. But they have Pachinko machines. If I understand correct, so I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's it. Anyway, that's, so far, that's not what the book is about. Uh, it's about uh, <laughs> this Korean family in the early 1900s, and it's like an epic, if I understand, based on the premise on the back of the book and stuff. It's about four generations long, and they migrate. It's during the uh, occupation of Korea by Japan. They migrate to Japan, to Osaka, and uh, um, so far, it's phenomenal. So far, it's unbelievable. It's really, really, really good. Just the the writing... Uh, it's by the author, excuse me, it's by author Min Jin Lee. Should have said that first. And she is a Korean-American who lived in Japan for a bit. So I'm trusting that her... And it is fiction. Is it is fiction. And
1: um, as you were telling me about this book, as I recall, because I've slept since then,
0: it was really sad. Yeah, I mean, they're dirt poor. They're like at the bottom of the totem pole in, in a fishing village in, in Korea. They, It's uh, a family who runs a boarding house. Mm-hmm. And then when the occupation starts, just things get harder and harder, and uh, and yeah, it's it's you know a, a couple that has four kids, all of whom die within months except for one, and that one they don't quit waking up at night to check her crib until she's three years old. What? Wow, crazy, it's just stuff like this. But at the same time, really really tender moments, and uh, and the writing is so clean. I'm very mm. I love um Ray Bradbury style, um Whitman style, just for both for the sake of it. Just do it. Just go crazy for yeah. fun. Yeah. And this uh woman does not do that. She is minimalist, mean, lean, lean yeah. prose. But it is all um amazing. I'm a you big know, fan of so I'm a movie buff and this makes
1: me think of the movie Fury. Oh really? Yeah. Only only in that it is so so much intense hardness of life. Yeah. And yet so much beauty of the human experience Um, or life is beautiful.
0: That's probably a way better example. Yeah. That's a great example. Yeah.
1: The movie life is beautiful. What a classic, awesome movie.
0: And it's, I was waiting for um, more brutality in the individual people. Yeah. And so far it's almost um, like unashamedly optimistic with people. Oh wow. Everyone there in their community Mm -hmm. uh, is so, genuine and looks out for people and right, it's and they're right. all on hard times so you'd think well this is a you know most fiction is kind of pessimistic so you'd think oh well this guy is going to betray them for it's a about to get bad yeah. exactly but no this uh this um uh, pastor actually a christian pastor from uh pyongyang comes down to the village and stays there and he has tuberculosis and he's just a saint he's just nice to everybody he's nicer to the wow. boarding house people than anybody ever was and it's great and uh, if you do pick this up on my recommendation, and things turn south, I'm <laughs> I'm like 200 pages into a 500 page book. Oh wow! So you know who knows. Yeah. But uh, as of now, it's an easy recommend. And uh, there you go.
1: And if he finishes the book and it turns out to be terrible, he will come back yeah. and give the anti-book review.
0: Yeah, I'll do. I'll another, do another future episode. Yeah, take that one to the to the cleaners. But All I right. doubt it. So All far, right. I'm sold. All right, here's our commercial. We'll be right back. Awesome.
2: Upstream is supported by the faithful members of the Upstream team, listeners who give monthly through Patreon. This podcast is just one part of the Jim and John ministry. They also write weekly blogs, have published their first book, and are currently at work on more. Their desire is to produce transformational content as well as offer encouragement and coaching to others. The dream is to see a movement of people who are integrating the work of Jesus into their daily lives, and who are joining Him on His mission to redeem and restore all things. Check out their website at jimandjohn.com, where you can learn more about the Father-Son Duo and gain access to all they have to offer. If you would like to join the Upstream team, consider partnering with Jim and John on patreon.com slash jimandjohn. A link is also available on the homepage of their website. And remember, there's no H in John. Now let's join Jim and John for the home stretch of today's conversation.
0: All right. Welcome back. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to our commercial. We've got a good amount of feedback lately, which we are hugely grateful for. Yeah. Uh, We read all of those and we try to get back as soon as possible. And uh, if you have anything you want to say or or even content you want to share with us from, from other people or whatever... We're always, we're down here.
1: Yeah. And for those of you who are patrons, we want to tell you, uh, your investment matters. And, uh, I was re- looking at our analytics the other day, John, we have had listeners in 39 States. Oh, sweet.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of cool. I think, uh, 13 countries and 39 States. That's awesome. So pretty cool. Okay. Well, I'll take us back in. Uh, we are on question number six, uh, again, to on, on what forms your identity, who do yep. I want to be? And this one is, uh, am I constructive or destructive as a person?
1: Yeah. So, do I build things up or do I tear them
0: down? Yeah. What do you think about that? Uh, this one is is uh, different to me than the previous ones. So you can be um, passive and consuming, and a guest, not a crew member. All of these things um, non-maliciously. Yes. Right? You're yeah. just you're just living. Yeah. You know. I go to went to church for a very long time without any mind to how I might contribute you know you're just there when you're in school when you're at that wedding you had the ministry of attendance (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) when you're at that wedding and they're falling the table sure you're not a malicious or evil person for not thinking to volunteer to help the chairs and tables but this is um destructive you could say a destructive personality is natural as well but but you know am i gossiping am i uh am i mocking am i sarcastic uh, or am I building people up? And you can view this the same way proactively as serving. Uh, sh- am I seeking to to prop people up, not just be a neutral force, be a positive force? Right. And this is,
1: for me, this is almost entirely what comes out of your mouth. Exactly. I would say I would say that's very true. Yeah. Scripture says a wise woman builds up her house and a foolish one tears it down with her own two hands. Uh-huh. And she's doing that by what she says. Um. We are told to that we'll be held accountable for every idle word that comes out of our mouth, Ooh. and so speak only those things that are useful that that are edifying. That means constructive. They build an edifice. Mm-hmm. They are constructive, and that are useful to those who hear them. And mm. so, for me, this is about uh, okay. I'm in a scenario. The temperature is rising. Conflict is starting to bubble. Am I going to be constructive or destructive? Right. Um, I've been. Betrayed. I've been lied to, man. That's my that is my biggest pet peeve is being lied to. Mm-hmm. But if I've been lied to, am I going to be destructive in my response or constructive? Parents with discipline sure. when you need to spank your kid, when you need to discipline your child, are you disciplining them out of rage and you're being destructive, uh, or are you being constructive? You yeah. have a new insight on the terrible twos. You know they call them the terrible twos because the kid is just. Uh, Very selfish and for sure demanding, and uh, Henry Cloud says no, no, no. They're the terrific twos because Mm. he's starting to he or she's starting to differentiate themselves from everyone else. They are asserting their independence, and that should not be broken. It should be trained and equipped, and so that's the constructive with a uh, a stubborn child versus a destructive with a
0: stubborn child. I'm going to beat this out
1: of you till your will is broken. Sure.
0: No, that one, that's great. And I think that one might be one of our more, one of the more simple concepts here. Yeah, I
1: agree. All right. The next question is, is life a battleground or is life a playground? Uh, I'll, you, you take this one first. Okay. So um, if you think life is supposed to be a playground, then it is really all about, uh, you know, FOMO, uh, <laughs> you know, living the dream. YOLO, I guess I should have said both uh, i mean well, yeah. yeah yolo first yeah. i guess yeah. but yolo man you only live once and i gotta you know i'm gonna climb every mountain i'm gonna and so if you think life is supposed to be a playground what happens for me this is the way i feel about this if life is supposed to be a playground then every time it gets hard i'm shocked by it i'm offended by it life is not supposed to be this way yeah but if i embrace that life is a battleground i.e the movie fury mm. you know they go into that town in England it's just, or Germany somewhere and the buildings have just been blown up and there's these people scratching out of life, having a family meal. Um, you still love, you know, even though war is raging around you. So you're not, you're not uh, thrown off that life is hard. Mm-hmm. One of my sayings is uh, life is hard. And if you think it's supposed to be easy, it's exponentially harder. Yeah. But if you embrace that, it's hard, it's exponentially easier
0: all of this is, is, uh, about expectations. Yeah. And, uh, expectations are so important. There's a, a communications theory. I learned about in my class called communication theory. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, they're all theories. Cause you can't really prove communication theories mm. because there's not numbers involved. It's not like a, it's not measurable data. Right. But mo- most of them are really, really, um, you read that and you go, Oh yeah, I've, I've felt that. Yeah. And it's expectation violation theory. It's, I went into this, um, encounter the social encounter Mm. um my expectations not only were not met they were violated i thought this person would um talk this way he'd ask this kind of question you meet a person for the first time and they ask you know um uh tell me about the time your your favorite pet died or something like that you know that's an expectation (laughs) violation
1: yeah or you have a burnt meal and you you know i've had a deal where i I go to taco bell we used to have these sunday night taco bells you Uh know Where every Sunday night, we go through Taco Bell. We all sit around the table, have tacos. I was talking about our week. It was wonderful. And um, I get back. There's a lot of people at our house. So I go to Taco Bell. I get this massive order. I come back, and two people's food is not in the bag. Dang. And I got to drive four miles back to Taco Bell, go back through the drive-thru, and tell them that they left four items out of the bag. And my expectation is an apology, perhaps some free extra desserts, maybe a coupon for a free taco, (laughs) you know, some kind of – uh, heartfelt emotional remorse. Yeah, and instead they're treating you like you are. Uh, you're probably pulling a fast one over us, or I don't trust you, or you're just a whiner, or they're irritated. No apology at all. Violation of expectations. Yeah, and I think this one. I think expectations. P.S. Are- I love
0: Taco Bell. So this is not a bash on Taco Bell. No. I think a, on a whole. I think that company's going to be just fine with whatever <laughs> negative PR you just gave them. Uh, expectations are fundamental to almost everything else on this list. Mm-hmm. You want to think of life as uh, as a boat, a, a cruise ship, when right? You're on the crew, or right. are you looking for, at it as a as uh, a duty, as messy, as uh, or, or especially the um, the responsibility or or victimhood one, especially right. that right. one. If it's a playground, then obviously anything that could have happened to you wasn't supposed to happen to you and it's it's not your fault you're on a, you're playing on the playground and right. Some kid pushed you off you know as opposed to the, the battleground these things are are expected to happen you know yeah. they're coming
1: adversity's coming right yeah. so it's
0: not gonna it's not gonna shake your beliefs or that's anything. good all right you got the next one i got the next one so uh, uh the next one second to last is am i a truth teller or spin doctor and that's your wordage again i do like that word what is that spin doctor?
1: Well, it's kind of a news term, a political term. Um, you take you take the truth and you spin it. It's, okay. it's a negative truth, but you spin it positive so that you still look good. Mm. And uh, when Fox News first came out, there was Bill O'Reilly was on there and he called his show the no spin zone. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm not going to spin it and make it pretty. I'm giving it to you straight. I've heard spin, you know, I've heard yeah. but
0: I haven't heard spin doctor. It reminds me of for some reason it reminds me of
1: DJ. Yeah, a spin doctor is a guy who's very skilled. Like a surgeon with the truth. With the truth. And he can make himself look good in any set of data. Wow. <laughs> so am I a truth teller or a spin doctor? What is what is this, you know? So am I gonna am I gonna am I gonna tell the truth or am I gonna frame things that protect me? insinuate someone else is to blame am i protecting myself am i creating an image am i spinning all my truth so that i'm the hero of every story Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm never the bad guy
0: Uh, or do i tell the truth yeah you know to just tell the truth this was i don't think you and i've talked about this um since you you gave this sermon You, you talked about um approval addiction yeah and uh I gotta tell you, man, it was amazing. Mm. it was amazing, and I am a uh an you know, approval addict a shooting up junkies <laughs> for approval like <laughs> i'm I got the itches, I'm you right, know, right teeth are falling out. <laughs> I got approval addiction bad <laughs> that is so funny and what that does is it turns you into a liar because it's, it turns you into the spin doctor to the spin doctor yeah. because nobody is good enough if you're a real, a real approval addict. You're never good enough to get the amount of approval that you want. It's not even about approval. It's more about not disappointing. Mm-hmm. And so you live as a spin doctor. Uh, and be, and that's the thing. You, you, it's good you corrected me. I said, um, I've, I forget the word I used, but it's but I use the word uh, akin to lying. Mm. It is more about half-truths, yep. um, uh, garnishing the truth or embellishing the truth. Yeah. It's not always about straight up lies. So you can feel kind of okay about yourself still. You don't feel like you're lying. Which means one of the ways to get out of this,
1: to stop, you know, to break this habit is to say, if I knowingly create
0: an impression in you that's not accurate, mm-hmm. I have lied to you. Exactly. Yeah. That is gold. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a whole nother conversation. I think the approval addiction thing. Yeah. But I think that is so core to this problem or this. If you're if you're finding yourself unable to stop. Spinning the truth, mm-hmm. I think that could be a, a, the core of it. Because if you're not if you're not worried about approval, what's going to stop you from telling the truth all the time? Well, and then you can give other
1: people credit for the things that you were trying to imply that you should get credit for. <laughs> sure, uh, things like that too. All right, last one: Are you a bridge? And this is about uh, this is about people finding their way to God. Okay, are you a bridge or a barrier? Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, when people. Uh, engage in your life. Are you a bridge that helps them find their way to God? Or are you
0: a barrier that makes finding God even harder? Mm-hmm. This uh, is interesting. Um, I have things to say about this, but you go first.
1: No, I want to hear what you, because I really want to hear what that stirs in your mind. Cause yeah. Yeah. I don't want to
0: persuade you how to think about it. I want to hear how you think about it. Well, again, what I go to is um, passivity is the main mm. thing here. I'm just doing my thing. I'm going to work. I'm going to church. I'm going home and I'm watching Netflix. I'm going to bed. Yeah. Like that's the, that's it's passivity. So it's, um, you wouldn't say I'm going to be a wall to the kingdom. No one would. I don't think anyone who claims to follow Jesus would ever have that thought. I want to be a barrier between. Well, Nobody gets out
1: of bed in the morning and says today I'm going to make as many people hate me as possible. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) But what I think here, again, we're talking about, um, uh, doing things on purpose. And I think, uh, passive christians are barriers in a lot of ways so uh if a guy you know on the news he sees uh, westboro baptist which haven't really been in the news since like 2010 anyways but yeah but he sees them on the news um when he volunteers at the at the the food bank or the the, the soup shack yeah uh he only sees non-christians he's down there and he the only so so the only exposure he has is to the media's Uh, uh, depiction of Christians both fiction and nonfiction in shows and stuff you see yeah, yeah. so uh, by being passive and it's not your job to make this guy think better of Christians that's not exactly your your Mm -hmm, job mm -hmm. but by being passive uh, your oikos is smaller Uh, you're not you're being a bridge less so maybe I would put it as a gradient you're being a bridge less makes you closer to a barrier than to a bridge you know, so, right. so again, you're not stopping anybody from getting the kingdom, but you're sure not um, helping anyone. Exactly. You're not being a bridge, even if you're not necessarily being a barrier either. Mm-hmm. Does any of that makes sense? That's kind of a loop around. Yeah, right? it, it does make sense. The passivity is what surprised me because
1: um, you, what I think I heard you say is that by not doing anything positive, you're actually negative.
0: You're, you're not you're, solving you're not problems.
1: You might not be a barrier, but you're not a bridge. Exactly. You could be neutral. You could be nothing. Yeah, <laughs> that's one way to put it. Well, I think of things like um, uh, when I react, I can react in such a way that is a barrier to someone seeing Christ, or I can react in such a way that they go, holy cow. Mm. And they want to know, how did you do that? How did you, you know, stories of people forgiving their assailants or For sure. or canceling a debt or, um, you know, whatever. You have these opportunities To demand your rights Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or to surrender your rights uh, as your own choice
0: for the sake of something. So, well, and that's because, yeah, just about your general conduct. I hadn't even thought about that. But this in that way, this is kind of a holistic one. Number 10 for the whole list. Am I a giver or taker? If, if, you know, you're identifiably Christian and you're just taking and you're just a crew or you're just a a guest Mm -hmm. and you're a spin doctor. Mm -hmm. These are all. And you're expecting
1: life to be a playground. And so you demand you. You lay on the ground and kick your feet when it's not right fun.
0: then you're then you're a barrier no one's going to look at that and say i want what that guy's got
1: right yeah. that's huge
0: and even how am i driving you got the the evergreen sticker on your car well i had a friend yeah
1: i had a friend who would not put christian stickers on his car <laughs> because he didn't want to have to drive uh restrained yeah.
0: at least he was mindful of it i <laughs> <Yeah>. guess <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah do you have any big
1: takeaways for our uh, our list my big takeaway is that um, normally we're cruising through life and we're not thinking about these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, my big takeaway is that how, how powerful it is to be mindful. Um, I do a word of the day with my kids on Marco Polo, mm-hmm. and the other day the word was uh,
0: gap. Between stimulus and response. Yeah. yeah.
1: We're, the one, we're the one animal God created that has a gap between stimulus and response. And so the idea is to mind that gap. Mm -hmm. And so when you get better and better at minding the gap between the stimulus and the response and then choosing your response, man, now you're now you're getting somewhere with choosing who you're going to be and shaping your identity. I happen to be a big uh, in the psychological world. They have uh, behavioral psychology Mm -hmm. and every school of psychology has lots of truth and none. No one of them. Is probably got it all. Sure. And so there's some problems with behavioral uh, psychology. Sure. But the thing I love about it is truly you can change the way you feel by the way you behave. And if you change your behaviors, you will change your thought patterns and your emotions. That's amazing. And that's what I love about this kind of list is it, it, it forces me to mind that gap and then choose what I'm going to do. I'm not going to choose how I feel. I'm not going to choose um, what's right or wrong. I'm just going to choose what I do next, mm-hmm. and I'm going to choose who
0: I'm going to be in this gap that's and um and I didn't get that I had this already in my head i didn't you didn't I didn't take this from you, but mindfulness is my big takeaway mm. as well that uh and the gap the stimulus response stimulus and response gap is huge. It reminds me we watched this study I don't even remember what class it was it was probably I remember seeing it two times once in high school and once in college, both in classrooms, and it's these kids in a room. And they put a marshmallow in front of them. And oh, yeah. Like, delayed gratification. Uh, exactly. And they say, you know, you can eat this one now or I'll come back in 10 minutes and I'll give you another one. If you didn't eat this, you get two. <laughs> and that gap, stimulus and response. Mm-hmm. And back, I, I had said uh, the willpower thing, how it's not exactly a, an unlimited resource. Right. The kids who didn't eat the marshmallow, I should have brought this up then, um, removed it from their site. The ones who. Oh, won. really? They didn't just leave it there and not eat it. They made a system. They removed it from their site so they didn't have to exert willpower to not eat it. Wow. Very interesting. Anyway, um, Frog and Toad. What? Frog and Toad.
1: Oh, the kid's book, Frog and Toad. I love Frog and Toad, yeah. Yeah, well, they make chocolate chip cookies, and they keep eating them. We should have some willpower. We've had too many cookies. (laughs) Yes, he says as he takes another bite of another cookie. Man, we do need more willpower, and it would make us better. Yes, it would as as he takes another cookie. cookie. And then when the cookies are gone, Frog or Toad says, look we're out of cookies
0: and the other guy says yes but we have lots of willpower <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me uh i had uh i've had jobs i didn't like mm-hmm. and i would show up to work and be like man i don't like this job very much and then i'd be like i should apply for more for different jobs because mm-hmm. if i'm, I'm never going to leave this job if i don't apply for other jobs and i'd go home and i'd be glad i wasn't at work anymore and i'd <laughs> you know do whatever i wanted then i wake up the next day and be like uh, I don't like this job because I never took the time to apply for another job. To actually do something about it. Yeah, the proactivity, the, the mindfulness, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's. we probably sound like broken records, but the truth is the same. You you get what you're, your life is perfectly designed to give you what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you always get what you always got if you always do what you've always done. I love that. These are all true. They, I love that, that and hate that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. They're very simple, uh, kind, a little too kitschy and, mm-hmm. and very, very true. So um, the mindfulness sitting down Thinking, who do I, who I, who am I now? Who do I want to be? Yeah. And we've had a lot of episodes on mindfulness. I think it's probably the best advice we could give you is to just is to sit down and think about it. It's how I got better at golf. I would stand oh. over a shot and I would ask myself,
1: "What would Tiger Woods do if he was right <laughs> here? <away?"> He'd probably <laughs> just crush it. I'll just do what Tiger would do. Yeah, <laughs> and it works. <laughs> well, and that's what would Jesus do? Yeah. There yeah. you go. There you go. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening. You can uh, check us out at at, uh, jimandjohn.com. No H in the John, by the way. We've recently uh, updated and revamped our uh, website a little bit. It looks better. It looks way better, so check it out. Uh, You can email us at info at
0: jimandjohn.com. And uh, love to hear from you. Email us. Give us some feedback. Find us on Instagram at uh, jimandjohn. And and you can private message us there, comment on those. Yeah. and, And, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.